Late start to Tim and Joel calling in the ring. Gonna talk about wrestling. We're late because I I didn't know there was anything to talk about this week. I thought it was a slow news week. I thought we were gonna call it off, but you want yeah, to I mean, do it. And I don't I don't for the life of me know why you wanted to do this show this week. Nothing happened. I really seriously thought about being like, let's just cancel the show. There's no I reason. Have. There's nothing yeah. happened. Nothing to talk nothing about in wrestling this week at all. Yeah. We just kind of like I don't know. Just kind of happened. Did anything really happen in wrestling this week? I don't think so. I don't know. That, I mean, Death Before Dishonor was last night. That was a really good show. That was a good show. Okay, I guess maybe some things happened. We got yeah. a couple of new champions. A couple of new champions there. Yeah. Uh, one to kick off the show, and I can't. I felt bad for poor little little Jonathan Gresham there. Nothing more crummy than getting power bombed and then just getting a bunch of confetti spurted all over your chest like, <laughs> as you lose your title. That, that was a little bit of an upsetting. It seemed douchey. Yeah, it was just moment. like, is, is Jonathan Gresham a villain? Like is Cesaro has Cesaro been, tra- okay, not Cesaro, Claudio Castagnoli. Has <laughs> he been chasing the ring of honor title for uh, eons? Okay. I don't know the history that I assume he has been like, so, so we'll get a couple things out of the way. So Jonathan Gresham turned heel on rampage a few weeks ago. That is joined... not good enough for confetti. Right. <laughs> so he joined, he joined Tully Blanchard. Enterprises, yes. Okay. Right? I recall that now. Yeah. So things got even weirder at the ring of honor show because prince nana who was a ring of honor like very very synonymous with ring of honor sorry how, how do i put this pop- properly he was synonymous with the ring of honor for a long time as like a manager he had a group called the embassy it was a big thing back oh, in like the early 2000s of, of ring of honor it was really cool it was a really great stable so during the, the early moments of the show uh, Prince Nana comes on the screen and says, I purchased Tully Blanchard Enterprises tonight. And a bunch of us were just like, oh, okay. what did Tully do? <laughs> so the idea here is that Tully is, is out. Prince Nana is in. And like to a certain degree, it makes sense if you're a Ring of Honor fan and like you, you enjoy the classic styling of Ring of Honor. But at the same time, um, it felt jarring because Gresham just joined Tully Blanchard. The and then was in the just formed. Breath, yeah, and then in the same breath, they had Gresham drop the uh, the Ring of Honor World Championship. From a business standpoint, I get it. Claudio is going to be the guy to hopefully yeah, yeah, in, that, enhance yeah. and entrance and, and get people interested in not only Ring of Honor, but possibly getting a television deal or some sort of streaming deal, whatever it is. So that, from a business standpoint, makes perfect sense. But Gresh, I, I, I wonder, because when Gresham signed or at least when the rumblings were that Gresham was going to be involved or signed in some capacity to Ring of Honor, AEW, whatever it is, that he would be kind of a tentpole for yeah. one of the brands. And now what does he do? Joins this new group, I guess. Again, new group on new group. Which, like, okay, one, I didn't even realize there was like a Ring of I can't keep track of what is on AEW specifically and what is a Ring of Honor thing because AEW is promoting Ring of Honor so much that I'm starting to get the threads crossed. So the Tully group is was a Ring of Honor thing originally, right? It's not yes. possible here that they're just splitting the a couple of members and keeping some of them on AEW. Oh my god! Okay, no. So it, so yeah, the, the Tully Blanchard Enterprises began at the last Ring of Honor pay per view at the Supercard of Honor over Mania weekend, and the idea there was like he brought in Gates of Agony, he brought in uh, uh, Brian Cage. And then a couple of weeks ago, like I said, on Rampage, you had Jonathan Gresham join him. And then again, everything kind of blew up this past, uh, well, yesterday at, uh, at the show. It, and of course, Prince Nana, I retweeted, I, I sat in on the media scrum. I was listening to the media scrum that Tony yeah. Khan did for Death Before Dishonor after the show. And uh, someone asked about Prince Nana and, and Tully Blanchard. And TK kind of danced around the Tully thing, said he's like, he's welcome back anytime, but basically said like, He's an, he's older, so he doesn't need to be around as much. I don't know what the situation is. Doesn't matter. And then uh, I I mentioned Prince Nana, and of course Nana um, either follows the Fightful account or uh, Vanity searches like a mofo because he he retweeted my tweet, and I was like, oh come on. Yeah, 
Okay. Uh, so it sounds weird. like maybe rampant speculation, but like maybe Tully was just like, ah, I dispute about something. I'm too old for this shit. And then he walked away or something. Like, maybe it could have been that. It could have been that uh, Tully was just like, oh, do you really need me here? Because yeah. you don't have maybe, uh, again, who knows? There's a plethora of options it could have been. It could have been, it could be a money thing. It could be a creative thing. It could be Ring of Honor had plans to have some sort of uh, television or streaming deal in place by X time and X time passed until he was like, well, if I'm not going to be here to enhance that opportunity, I don't need to be here. And that's yeah. that. Um, TK said in the scrum, like he, it doors open, he can be back anytime. It's a pretty common uh, sentiment that, that comes along with a lot of these, but uh, the, the show itself. So yeah, Claudio is the new ring of honor champion. That was again, really good match, really just jarring finish. I didn't, I, I something felt yeah it was like a 13 minute match it was very strange like it started strong too i really liked the the opening uh that that the swing man i don't know how people do that puke immediately <laughs> i don't get it <laughs> lots of practice seems brutal seems yeah. brutal uh and yeah this is the match itself it was fine it was just yeah. uh i now a lot of a lot of the questions become what happens next with jonathan gresham uh those who saw was that they saw that um <laughs> they saw that uh, Gresham deactivated his Twitter account, and that can mean one of that can mean a few things. Uh, one of the things it can mean is uh, he's just like pissed and was like, "I don't want, I don't want to deal with this." Like, I'm taking a social media break. The other thing could be maybe there's a rebrand coming for Gresham. Maybe after all the conversations that Gresham had and all the quotes about Gresham being like, "Why can't I just be a really good wrestler?" Why do I have yeah. to have a gimmick? And like, and and you know, I'll, I'll, I'm going to give full marks and full credit to to Phil Lindsay, who uh, who hosts yeah. one of yeah, the hosts yeah. of Grapsity here on the channel. It, they talk. He talked about you know how black performers, and this isn't my story to tell. This isn't my conversation to have. So check out Phil Lindsay. But he talks about how black performers are often uh, expected to have some sort of gimmick to their wrestling persona, and they can't just be really good solid wrestlers and that's an okay gimmick to have not everyone should have it but like the guy doesn't I, need a gimmick he doesn't look he okay doesn't. whatever he walks out with the octopus mask and i thought that was kind of silly but that's probably because people are constantly bugging him about having some stupid gimmick the dude is five foot four and has incredible power lifting numbers and is a great technical wrestler that's all all the gimmick you need man 500 yeah. 500 pound deadlift at five foot four he's an he's an imposing pounds at five foot four like he, yeah he is interesting enough as it is. Uh, yeah. And like, you know, the five foot four piece, uh, Jordan Grace, his, his wife, um, was posting some stuff on Instagram because people were being real crap. And I think it could be he's just taking a social media break after all the toxic idiocy coming out of people. Because like you get a match like that where you're facing Cesaro, who stands like a solid foot taller than you. Like, it, you know, a lot of dumb takes. So could just be that. Well, there are no dumb takes here if you leave us a thumbs up on there's this some video. dumb takes here you can't... Takes. I'm sorry. You're right. i need you an out i can't <laughs> you're right dumb take less oh uh, man that's not our up. brand i know that's true we're full of dumb takes it's wonderful yeah, and then people yeah. shit on me later they're just like how did you get this right it's like i just didn't think about it yep. subscribe to us here five full overbooked we're on our way moving up the chain we have over thirteen thousand four hundred subscribers we're trying to get up to uh let's say twenty thousand. i don't know let's just keep subscribing and tell your friends because we we drop content here every day and leave us a comment if you're in the youtube chat hello how are you good to see you you can also donate a super chat it helps support us here at fifle overbooked helps us uh get your question or statement right on the air and also interact with us a little bit more and supports us in a very helpful way thank you for that in advance and also our discord is up the overbook discord there's a link in the description of this video come and check us out we talk about wrestling we hang out watch all the shows do the things we're full of all the fun times so you want to talk about that main event first or then we'll then we'll segue into the uh the big story the real story dalton castle and the boys winning the six man tag <laughs> Well, yeah, I mean, it's true. <laughs> Listen, when I saw Vincent was like, oh, Vincent, who is an honor no more talent from Impact Wrestling, showing up to defend his six-man tag titles on a Ring of Honor pay-per-view owned by AEW, I was like, oh, we have new six-man tag champs. <laughs> good for them. It was a good, it, you know, match was fine. It was fine. It wasn't, it was fine. 
I, I, I like that the boys are no longer just Dalton Castle's boys. No, they have some names. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. Uh, and that's good. Once upon a time, uh, after Ring of Honor folded, the boys got a WWE tryout. So uh, clearly they are, they're being noticed and uh, they made the decision to, to stick around, do the Ring of Honor thing. And that's cool. Uh, so let's get to the main event. Let's talk about uh, FTR and the Briscoes. They Oof. do a two out of three falls match. I was scared, Tim. I thought that they were going to go 60. I'm glad, oh, yeah. glad, glad that they did not go 60 minutes. Um, I like wrestling. I love wrestling. I don't love wrestling for 60 minutes when stuff just kind of gets repetitive to me. Um, I did not think that this match was better than their first one, but that's just me. Again, yeah. subjective art form. Um, but I really like the finish. I a lot really of great spots, it. yeah. And yeah. the finish was good. Like, I don't know, good table stuff, good tag team stuff. Like, I, overall, like, solid match. Very good. Uh, well told, good build. Dax doing his damnedest. Like, loved it. Yeah, and the, the, the post-match scrum was... Um, was really good. I think if you if you're someone who likes to go and, and watch those interviews, um, FTR had a lot of really interesting things to say to the media. Was not a fan of some of the media like praising them. Yeah, that's an awkward time to do that. Like I brought this up online, and, I, and I'll put it out here again. I I really really do not like it when people go to these AEW or uh, Ring of Honor scrums, or sometimes they don't really do it in WWE because you know it, it, wwe doesn't do a scrum that that's the same they, yeah, they do they limit they limit access to like actual okay. and they do media availability so <laughs> yeah. normally it's like you go to this convention hall in the hotel that everyone's staying at and you just run a junket it's just a press junket you ask the wrestlers right. questions you get 10 minutes whatever um but last night someone asked ftr in the media scrum like are you finally ready to admit to yourselves that you are like the greatest tag team ever that's a question from someone who's like representing a, a publication or yes yeah that's dork as hell <laughs> i don't like that no. I... it's the wrong forum for it like it do is. that on twitter like do it here you can do that yeah do it here right do it here stuff. Like... right here right now i can sit here and tell you tim ftr are the best tag team ever forever and ever on men and, and i will what? probably disagree they are very good but I don't, that seems like too much but totally anyway. fair and i agree yeah. with you i don't think I, I, I think they're great i don't think they're the best ever but someone out there does and that's fine go ahead and tell those stories on your shows your podcast yeah, on definitely. your editorials whatever it is you're sitting in a media scrum with these wrestlers with these performers don't sit there and just bow to them at the altar and say you're the best or you had match of the year. Talk to them about the match. That's fine. Like I, I'll give points to Nick Hausman from from Wrestling Inc. And I sometimes take my whatever issue with his line of questioning, but yeah. um, he 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 said he was like, "Hey, Cash, at one point your your head like went off a table, and or Dax, we saw we saw the doctors go and check you out after a really scary spot. Are you okay? Walk us through what happened." Yeah, that's, that's a question. Fine. That's a question. Yes. Whereas the other one, like, I take issue with how it's framed because it's a silly statement slash, slash compliment formed as a question. And it's like, it's so artless. Like, it's just a really untactful way of being a dork in a, in a forum where it's not really appropriate. So, billions of better ways to ask questions. I didn't like or just ask a question again, not like, don't that's not a question like i get you through a question mark at the end of it but it's not really a question just you know there's this this weird ongoing conversation with like what you do and what you don't ask in these situations and no one's going to be like hey tony khan how do you feel about vince mcmahon you know having a sexual assault allegations levied against him? guess what tony khan doesn't care because Tony Khan's not involved. Like he's not, not he's my not company wasn't connected. there. Like exactly. Like no one's gonna ask. Sean's used the same analogy before. Like he went to uh to, to Money in the Bank in Vegas. And the WWPR people, when he was about to interview Bianca Belair, they're just like, Hey, don't ask about this, don't ask about that, don't ask about the Vince McMahon allegations. And like, if you're smart, why would you ask Bianca Belair about Vince McMahon's assault allegations when Bianca is just someone who works there and yeah. like you can you can ask how you feel about pitching yourself creatively. That's different. How you feel if you are comfortable being a woman in that sphere, being like, maybe this doesn't work for me and working it through. That's different than like, so your boss allegedly did this and that. Yeah. How do you feel? Like you just gotta 
and that's the thing you can yeah, there's ways you can you can still work the story by like how you mentioned like just getting a sense of the culture rather than going directly for that in a way that would be upsetting to someone who isn't necessarily even involved with in it at all so exactly one like you don't need to opinion. upset the people outside of it for no reason like well and on top of that one is an opinion that you're yeah. asking the other one is an objective truth or an objective experience yeah yeah of how you're dealing with things at work yeah you know it was the same thing with like when big swole said what she said about her experience at AEW and how maybe she wasn't heard out as a performer or didn't feel like there was enough going on in in her experience to keep her there uh that was that was her experience there was nothing wrong with how she worded it she was explaining her experience um what happened next was a whole other can of worms. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Rampage, 8 p.m. Central. Anyway, 8 p.m. <laughs> Eastern, 7 p.m. Central. Uh, so that was Death Before Dishonor. The, the, again, I love that that finish with Dax hitting a giant top rope uh, pile driver. Insanity. Big fan of that. It, it, it meant something, right? Scary, scary neck stuff all week. <laughs> yes. Oh, God. Well, we'll get into that. Yeah. We don't need to go by everything in Death Before Dishonor. This is just kind of kind of the touchstone yeah, stuff. Yeah, we'll breeze through. What else happened? Uh, Mercedes Martinez retained. Very happy about that, by yeah, the way. Same I right was, yeah, Mercedes, I've said it once, said it a million times. She is someone who should be sticking around to uh, impart her, her knowledge to teach incoming women how to work not only TV, but also a certain style. Uh, she's the right champion for that brand. Serena Deeb's fine. Yeah. She, I don't think she's the... I know she calls herself the professor. I don't think she's legitimately the professor. I don't think she's the teacher that Mercedes Martinez is in terms of match quality and experience. Yeah. Pure championship. Another retention. Drifted in and out. My big yeah. moment there was Daniel Garcia afterwards in the scrum. That, right. Yuta and Claudio. And again, that was, I, I like the I like the end of the match with where Daniel Garcia showed a bit more personality where he didn't do the the code of honor and he flipped off the logo on the way yes. out and then he continued it after the fact. Like I, I was more interested in that than the match because I'm not a big fan of the rules, etc. Like it doesn't excite me. So I enjoyed I agree with you fully. The Garcia flipping off showing all that uh that that personality is great. What I don't like, and I do at the same time is that they're setting up Garcia versus Danielson. It's Danielson's return match. Daniel, that's on Dynamite. They announced it. Um, Danielson at the same time announced at San Diego Comic-Con that he's cleared and would have the match. So at the pay-per-view, they announced Danielson versus Garcia um, for Dynamite. And so Garcia going and confronting two other members of Blackpool Combat Club. One is the guy he just faced. The other one is the new Ring of Honor World Champion. Uh, I like that they set it up. I don't like where they set it up. Again, going back to the scrums, it's not to me it's not a place where angles should happen no yeah because like i'm not watching them and then you know i don't know they could do okay with it by filling it in on the show but i know they won't because they're going a million miles an hour on dynamite these days yeah exactly so again hit or miss there's certain things that i'm gonna love and there's certain things that i'm just like "Eh, okay uh is there anything else in that show that that was really worth uh pointing out i mean we did pure rules. We did. Other, I think we got just about everything that was important. Other everything else was zero hour, right? No, Roosh was cool. I liked his. Oh yeah, Roosh and Dragon Lee had a really good yeah. match. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn five dollars into one hundred and fifty dollars instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code Champion One Hundred and Fifty. Then. Place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Okay, let's talk about it. Roosh does no jobs. No job. That's that's the Roosh way. Roosh doesn't lose. 
Rouge had a penchant in everywhere he goes for being like, I'm not losing. And so TK must have been like, all right, fine. Face your brother, I guess. You two can <laughs> you, you two can argue about the finish. Um match I mean, was it, worked, great. it worked for Goldberg. <laughs> it works for Goldberg. It was a little different. Um, yeah, yeah. So Roosh getting the win, it was a good match. It always is when when Roosh and Dragon Lee are involved in any sort of matchup. Um I hadn't seen, I don't think they faced each other one on one before. And if, at least according to cage match, I went in the middle of the match, took a look. I didn't see them uh, having a one-on-one, but um, it was good. Really good match. Yeah. Really enjoyed a lot of the spots. Very Lucha match as expected. Definitely. Yeah. Brothers yeah. Mexico should be <laughs> yeah. uh, with, with experience. Um, I think my favorite part was that there is a show happening in Mexico last night that had advertised both Roosh and Dragon Lee on their card. <laughs> But it's like it's lucha culture that like there's a whole lot of bait and switch or just like oh, promote it to the very end and then kind of grifters. Yeah, it's kind of great. It's kind of kind of funny. But um, yeah, Roosh gets the win, and then they announce it's going to be Roosh versus Mox on Dynamite, and people are like, "Well, that's interesting." Two reasons: one, Roosh doesn't do jobs, and two, uh, Tony Khan at the press scrum was asked about it. And he said, well, you know, Roosh deserves it because he's, uh, he's won 10 in a row in matches in ring of honor, uh, AEW and in Mexico. And that's the first time that TK's ever used this approach to explain why someone deserves like a high profile or a title match. And I'm like, I don't hate it, but if you're going to do this, it's going to open the door to like, Evil Uno is the champion at this company. It's going to get a successful defense. Therefore, Evil Uno should be facing Mox for the championship. <laughs> it's it's chaos and it's going to be like it they because you know, they kind of are the king of the indies now and like that's what they're if they're going to do that, that's what they're leaning into, which means that like everything ends up becoming canon and it's it's going to get difficult for me to follow as someone who doesn't spend every waking hour following what every like every transpiring event they, they shouldn't be king of the indie they shouldn't that shouldn't be an aspiration they should definitely pay attention to the indies that's fine yeah. tell me like so and so got a win at pwg this weekend sure there is so much history with so many of the performers and a lot of the staff that have pwg experience use that why not i see no problem with that they did all night on ring of honor talking about you know who's wrestled where talk about iwgp tag championships talk about talk about everything that people have been when you start invoking their win-loss record across multiple companies i think it's a bit of a slippery slope yeah because one it's cumbersome as all hell like because who's keeping those records and tracking it all well i guess you have a couple of websites um <laughs> and say then, you want to go to cage match yeah I, I literally was just just like oh yeah cage match is doing it never mind um but like yeah i don't know it becomes limiting right like it, it you i don't know i feel like if you can't focus on your own like reasonably manageably sized world that you're just going to kind of lose the thread and and i don't know that you're going to create a thing that's going to legitimately rival something like the wwe at any point if again you're not focused on your own brand so i'm looking forward to ring of honor breaking off from AEW. i agree I, like I, I i don't mind them like i understand what they're doing right now they have to do what they're doing right now like i don't think it's the wrong decision to be cross-promoting this stuff because they need to re-elevate ring of honor but they do need that tv deal and then once they get one they can split them apart and keep them separate but well, all right, let's let's uh, let's do it. Let's talk about it. 20 minutes into the show. It's Friday, 4 p.m. Eastern. <laughs> I don't know what you're up to, but I'm I'm at home. I'm, I'm hanging out with my with my baby and I'm I was about uh, to hop in the shower. <laughs> oh, there you go. Perfect yeah. time. I know I'm also I'm paying attention to Rob and Maggie's show here on Overbook because I had some time and I was just trying to, you know, just give show some support and, and hang out for a bit. And then um, the news dropped that Vince McMahon announced via Twitter that he was going to retire in in what three sentences well i'm old gotta Amazing. go now see ya thanks yeah. for all the fish like 77 time to retire lol <laughs> see you down the road together yeah, now forever weird. yeah it was weird it was surreal because a lot of us spent our entire childhoods or further not only watching wwe but also understanding if you follow the, the media and the conversations that Vince was going to die in the chair. That was always the statement made. Um, he said as much like on McAfee's show not that long ago. Like, Yeah. Yeah. Um, it just, 
it, it, a lot of people were like, this is how it ends, you know, not with a bang, but with a whimper. And to a certain degree, it's true. It's Friday. It's Reality, the end of the man. news day. It's not, yeah, it's not a movie. Um, again, he's not, he didn't die in the chair. He, he has allegations against him. Uh, I think many people assume that because of when he decided to make the announcement official, Wall Street had just closed, end of trading day. Uh, maybe more stuff is coming. A lot of people pointing to the real sports uh, documentary and information that's coming out uh, that will be coming out. I don't think it's out yet, but um, yeah, there's just there's a lot to the Vince McMahon story in, from from a fan perspective and from a business perspective and. I think really the first question that you and I have to talk about because it's you and I, Tim, is Vince McMahon going to stay retired? I've been fighting. I've been fighting about this with, I kid you not like a, a fairly, like a, one of my bandmates, <laughs> like just, yes. he doesn't, he doesn't really watch a lot of wrestling, but like he, he's out of me. He's like, no, it's a work. He'll be back. And I was like, look, I understand why you think that, but I think, I think this is different. It seems like he got, I feel like something abhorrent is going to come out. Like real, like not that like legitimate, like not that already being accused of rape is not abhorrent. Like this guy, whatever, he's been a piece of garbage for eons now. It's he finally got got, uh, may his billions in ill-gotten wealth comfort him in these trying times. I hope his, uh, I can't imagine what his family life is like. I don't know. Linda's a monster too. <laughs> uh, I, don't, I don't think Vince and Linda have been around. Yeah, I don't think each they're. Other anyway, whatever. Stephanie still loves Daddy at least while she's on camera. I don't know. No, I and I think that's legitimate. Think that's legit. Well, yeah, cool. I guess you can you can compartmentalize things. He seems like I, a real sack of crap to me. So here's here's my my general feeling is. He's retired now because of all the allegations. Uh If there's more coming, first of all, he he showed up after the first batch of allegations came out. He literally decided to put himself on TV just to say things and leave. And then uh, reportedly went to the back and just yelled, fuck him. Yep. Okay. Uh, And then he showed up two more times afterwards for the John Cena thing. And then to put over money in the bank. And like, I jokingly said, he's just going to come out and be like, we have NFTs and then just walk to the back. But no, no, um, it feels like somebody on the board or somebody very close to him. Something. Don't know who somebody said, you got to stop doing this. This is, yeah, you, gotta, I, yeah. you weren't taking this seriously. Now we have to intervene. And now we have to tell you, this is it. You have to stop. And maybe it just, he decided, no, oh, this isn't fun anymore. Cause I can't mess around and, and be the virile old asshole that I, that I want to be. That's possible. Yeah, I think, yeah, that's the other thing is that, yeah, maybe someone was just like, no, you have, you sold this company, like you went public, you have obligations beyond your own whims. And then, yeah, he he could have just been actually pressured out because it's not just his company as much as everyone like wants to forget that he raised, you know, tons and tons of money and funding by selling his company. Like he might be the majority shareholder, which is another adorable talking point. I keep hearing people like say, "Is like, oh well, he's he's the majority shareholder. Like, what's really going to happen, dude? They don't vote on day to day creative things with shareholders." Like, Could you imagine if they're sitting like, in a boardroom and they're just like, "We want to put the title on Seamus, all opposed." <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, just call it an AGM every Monday at four p.m. before the. Like, no, 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 no. Like, look, he can have, like, it dictates how the company makes financial decisions in the grand scheme and on broad strategic initiatives. Like, it's not going to be anything to do with creative. Like, if he is stepping down from creative, he is stepping down and will have, like, will not have control unless he's calling someone and they have a puppet in place. But I don't, I, I think he's gone. I really think he's gone. I think he, something has happened that is is keeping him away. I think in 90 days, we're going to find out if he comes back or not. Yeah. And I like, say that. I say that because if more allegations come out, could be longer than 90 days, depending on yeah. the nature of the allegations, depending on what uh, how, how things are, are taken and expressed. Uh, and then the other thing is, you know, he could just be doing this until the heat dies down. 
uh, or until he gets bored and says, I want to go back. And that's entirely possible too. Vince McMahon has also spent the majority of his publicly funded company's life explaining to people that the business doesn't run nearly as well without him at the helm. And now the next 90 days are going to be uh, the, the, the test run. I, and again, this isn't talking about creative. We're talking about the day-to-day, the, the business side of things. Yep. If people see that Nick Khan and Stephanie McMahon are the ones running the ship, not Vince, as the figurehead, as the person who's, whose face is plastered all over everything. If in the next 90 days, things don't change or things change for the better, then guess what? We're going to look at another 90 days. Basically until the stock falls to a dramatic amount if or we see some sort of just massive shift that completely screws up his his vision vince is out i I, here yeah so this is going to be a sobering reality for uh this billionaire who has that delusional billionaire mindset uh yeah he had a mind for wrestling he helped elevate this company none of this stuff was done by one man and i'm tired of that narrative it's a it's a story that americans love to tell each other and it's absolute horseshit it's <laughs> never been true it's always blown up in their faces he does not single-handedly pilot this juggernaut there are thousands of employees and people with talents that he does not possess who manage the day-to-day operations of this, this company will continue to put out in this mediocre program for as long as they need until somebody with an actual idea steps in, if they even need to. Like, to his credit, he helped, he helped steer this thing into this branding empire where they can pop up a few stupid YouTube clips, sell a bunch of really ugly t-shirts, and just a bunch of crappy toys to children. Like, it pumps, it, it makes money. All you have to do is give these people like a, a real half-baked catchphrase and boom, you sell it to a bunch of children in America and India and Canada and like all over the world. Worldwide. So, like, it's, it's, you don't need Vince McMahon. He hasn't been doing anything for the last little while. What, ooh, you stand up another rematch. Bravo, buddy. Like, and, that, and that's something that people are talking about is that maybe the rematches will be uh, there will be less of them. There'll be fewer. Yeah, of them. I think you'll get uh, writers who are allowed to write without having their work thrown in the garbage five minutes before showtime to the point where they're so like kind of strapped at that point, like they're handcuffed. Like you, can, you can't you come up with all these ideas. An old man who thinks he's uh, the the king of everything throws your your like day or two or three's worth of effort in the trash a few hours before showtime. Yeah. You can't come up with something great. You're going to just kind of go and do the circus show and repeat what you did the week before. So, like, I think you'll see writers who are allowed to do their damn job for once, uh, which will be probably better because, like, even a mediocre writer can do a better job than Vince scrawling in pen 10 minutes before the show starts. Um, You'll see tag team wrestling get uh, a little bit more attention because at least, like, I feel like the writer's room almost certainly has their big board with all of their threads tying everything together and everyone's bloody motivations, they have done the work because you're there for eight hours a day, five days a week doing something as a writer. Like the problem is it gets shut off in this bottleneck. And with that bottleneck gone, I feel like the thousands of employees he's hired to do specific things can actually do their jobs and you'll see a much better thing. Like it's the same thing with director, like the auteur theory in auteur theory in film. Like, no, it's kind of, it's kind of a lie. Like the director has final say, but it it doesn't happen unless they have a lot of talented people in the mix. Like so many people are just not getting the credit they deserve because this is a, a, a group project. Like this is not a single person. So a few people have not even a few. God, I think one of the biggest points of conversation have been, Vince leaves what changes and are the changes immediate now when it happened at five o'clock. So, so Sean, Sean Ross, and I, we did a a Q and a slash podcast, whatever you want to do hours. We we did. Yeah, we did an hour 45 (laughs) and we were, we looked at the clock and we're like, SmackDown starts in 10 minutes. We got to get the hell out of here. By the way, the support was amazing. Like I'm so happy that people were like, 
donating super chats and like getting involved in the conversation and not being weirdo dicks being like, you're getting worked. Um, we didn't have that. We had a lot of good conversations. Now, yeah. some of the things that came up were like people saying, oh, I'm going to watch WWE for the first time in like yeah. X amount of years. That's great. I unfortunately need to tell you that don't expect anything to change, you know, just because at 4 p.m. on Friday, Vince McMahon retired. Yeah. Therefore, at 8 o'clock Eastern on Friday, SmackDown is going to be completely different. In some ways, it was. And we'll talk about the Brock Lesnar stuff in a minute. We will. But uh, at the end of the day, Stephanie McMahon loves her dad, loves his vision. And you can't just jarringly change everything in a moment's notice. A lot of the people who are there are still there and are going to be there as transitions begin. I think maybe you'll start seeing gradual changes. I like, yep. for example, you're not going to have Vince in, in the announcer's ears yelling at them Thank God. every five minutes and making the show much worse. Michael Cole, you could tell there was a noticeable difference in his demeanor on Friday. It was good. I'd love them to bring Michael Cole in for every show moving forward and have him not on not on camera not on uh, on on headset yeah, but yeah, be but... the producer of the announcers i agree have him like, be have someone who has the skills to do like i know vince mcmahon did announce he used it common with jr and like, mm, his commentary was not good. <laughs> exactly <laughs> but he thinks it was because he he's he's uh a rare megalomania? genius right exactly. Yes. yeah exactly it's his megalomania where he thinks he's he's the cause and creator of everything and he just isn't like that's absolute delusion like Elon Musk isn't out there designing rocket ships. Piss off. Like you're an idiot if you think that. And so um, there's that. There's like the the production elements, you know, the camera cuts and all that stuff. Again, little things change here and there. But Kevin Dunn's still in charge for now. Who knows what now. that's going to look like? Um, there's been stories for years about Triple H and Stephanie not liking Katie, but who knows? And Bruce Pritchard being in, uh, in charge of creative, probably going to be on the phone with Vince a lot. And taking, you know, taking his advice um, for the foreseeable future. Again, yes, nothing this will be a very either. slow process. I would say, like, you will watch a slow transformation over the course of the next couple of years if he doesn't come back in the next, like, in the short term. Because it's going to be, like, you have all these writers who have been sitting on their ass and not trying very hard. Because why try very hard when every, everything you do is going to get thrown in the trash anyway? So over time, they'll start to see, like, what can I get? what can I get through? And they'll try out a little thing here, a little thing there. You'll see the same product for the next few months, at least where it's just like, we got to play it safe because we don't know what to do. We have to come up with a whole new strategy because the strategy was like in this guy's head before. So, and also um, I don't expect a lot of changes uh, to, to the Vince McMahon vision because no. there's a certain modicum of respect that yeah. people have for Vince McMahon. And I understand that. So we saw once the retirement go went out, I, I kind of checked the quote tweets recently and um, a lot of former employees, a lot of former wrestlers thanking Vince for an opportunity to be a part of the, the company um, saying that it changed their lives in a lot of ways. And, and you know what? It's true. It is a true statement that for many of these men and women, their lives were directly impacted by having a job with Vince McMahon. Yeah, what I don't like um, for the worse. Well, and that's true. But what I don't like is people jumping down the throats of these wrestlers, thanking. Vince no, they like, shouldn't. Oh, do that. That's they have not, you know yeah. the allegations against him. You should know better. These people presumably aren't the ones currently uh, putting forth allegations against Vince McMahon. Again, they're speaking from their experiences and the opportunities that they were afforded as a result of their time working in WWE. For yeah. some of them, independently, their money ask went way up because they appeared on WWE TV every week. For some, they got better jobs at better places because of their experiences working as an intern or whatever it was. And they had a conversation with Vince that made them happy. Um, it's well, and okay. you can't like it's a, yeah, it's, it's again, it's this. It's just the refusal to deal with the nuance of it. Like, no, I'm, I'm sorry. But like people are complicated. Like he would have been a perfectly fine and, and kind and. Like uh, he, he was a mentor to people like, you know, different people had different experiences. Some people had absolutely monstrous, monstrous experiences. Like yeah. how many know. times have you heard someone say he was like a father to me? Yeah. hundred percent. I believe and, he truly was like, and just, I, I do too. And, it, yeah. and it's just, and I'm not going to sit here and be like, the man is perfect. And he certainly wasn't perfect. And he certainly, but he also isn't like 
the most egregious human being ever to walk the face of the earth. I think there's a lot of nuance here. And in a world where a lot of people just, are, it, it's binary, he's either evil or he's not. Um, I, yeah, I, and I, I mean, I believe that, you know, on balance, he's evil because you have to be to become a billionaire. Of I course. I believe that without any sort of hesitation. But yeah, like people are complicated. He's not like, he's still a human being who like his daughter loves him. Like his wife probably hates his guts, but like, <laughs> you know, different people have different experiences and, and we're complex animals, right? Like last couple of things before we shift back to TV, the creative changes. So we're talking about all the changes. Okay. Um, I think a lot of people who are saying, you know, Oh, maybe theory is not going to be pushed or maybe, you know, the people that, people aren't big fans of aren't going to get pushed. I think a lot of people need to also remember who hired theory, who hired riddle, who yeah. hi like who brought it's the guy who is currently taking the role of talent relations. And that's Ooh. triple H. He hired these uh, guys that some of you don't like, and some of them for good reason. Don't get me wrong. We've yeah, again, yeah. allegations against them. But again, you want to separate the performer from the, from, from the human being. I get that. That's fine. But, I don't think you're going to expect, you know, Austin Theory to suddenly have the gas or the rug completely pulled out from under him. Yeah. It's just not a thing. Like, I don't know. I could see them over again, over time, changing directions, like depending on how things go. Like if he continues to do well, which he's doing a pretty good job of an annoying character, but like a good job, uh, decent in the ring. Uh, it, it, yeah, we'll see. They, they don't necessarily need to pull back all the way. Uh, but it could also lead to them being a bit more sensitive with people who have done not good things considering the fallout from this. So I don't know. Like, cause that's, that's one big takeaway is that hopefully less people experience uh rape while working for the WWE. That's, that's the best possible outcome of Vince McMahon stepping down because, you know, bad creative is like a drop in the pan considering actual human lives getting kind of messed up. So, And now we talk about the potential for sale. So yes. I think now more than ever, WWE is poised for sale. Um, we're talking about creative and in the grand scheme of things, it's a fans versus the business mentality. As fans, we want to see a better WWE television product. We want to see things that are just produced better, whatever it may be, the things that we talk about on these shows, we want to see it. However, the shareholders, the stockholders, the people who invest in them, who speak with their wallets, uh, they know that there's a lasting brand there. There is a brand that has been at the top of the pyramid for so long in the world of professional wrestling that they're just like, they're the Kleenex brand. Yeah, AEW is not Kleenex. WWE is Kleenex. Kleenex yeah. is not Kleenex. Kleenex is tissue. And people assume that the two were synonymous with each other. Um, the brand is there. Now's the time to sell. If you, uh, but again, it's not going to be probably not for another year, or at least until. Let's let, okay. TV TV rights fees are coming up 2024. They're going to start talking in 2023. Um, maybe there's a chance to talk to NBC about just buying the whole shebang. Yeah. What do you think? Are we selling? When do we sell? What happens? Depends. Um, there is the possibility that Vince comes back. Uh, it has to happen quickly because if this gets dragged out, um, if this gets dragged out over the course of a few years, like one, Vince doesn't get to play with his toy, which is going to grate on him. Uh, he'll probably want to sell and get the money. My, you know, not to mention like he's getting older. <laughs> so like if it gets dragged out, I just don't think he'll be coming back and he will probably sell it. Uh, if he comes back quickly, then like, then we've seen all there is as far as allegations, not that they're not enough to take him down, but I see people in the chat down. saying, I see people in the chat saying he still owns the company. Well, here's the thing. If you still own the company and you sell the company, you still make a lot of money from the sale. You, you get to actually realize those billions of dollars <laughs> rather exactly. than just have it be. Yeah. Again, I think a lot of people are just very quick to assume like it's all about the creative when in reality, there's so much more to this story than just the things that you immediately associate with Vince McMahon as 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 reported by members of the media. There's yeah. a lot of stuff that's about to happen that will possibly change it. And again, he could come back. And if Vince comes yep. back, honestly, if he comes back, he's coming right now. Let's just consider him. Uh, in an advisory role 
as the as the majority shareholder. Mm-hmm. That's what yeah, he is. Because that's and again, it's just about financial decisions. Like he is the global ambassador to WWE, like he said Titus O'Neil would be, and that all the other superstars would be. Titus O'Neil, by the way, must be punching air because on Monday he had to do that that weird opening segment where he's like, "We're not political." We're not, you know, we're not. It's unbelievable. I feel bad. Like, well, I kind of feel bad for Titus, but he's complicit, right? Like, he continues to be thrown out there as Vince's like whitewashing guy. Like, he he goes out there with Hulk Hogan. He goes out there to give this stupid speech. Like, woof. Felt bad for Titus, but also, you know what? Again, he's complicit. He's he's <laughs> not being like, no, go to hell and leaving. So, could you imagine if he did though? Well, hey, could you imagine if he did what Brock Lesnar did on Friday? So this story, I love. Yeah, this but story. that's like, oh yeah, great hill to die on, Brock. And then oh yeah, like we want to talk about grifters. We were talking about uh, that that uh, Mexican promotion with the the Roosh and uh, Dragon Lee. Dragon Lee promotion, yeah. Uh, yeah, cool. You advertise Brock Lesnar. He comes out. He does a little dance, and he comes down in the ring. He does a little F five, and like he's like, oh yeah, great. Glad I paid for that. Like so that's after everything that happened. So yeah, the story. Yeah. Essentially, is you know, uh, Vince announced that they announced the Vince retirement. Retirement. Brock is caught off guard, and Brock is a creature of habit. And when he finds out that the guy who brings him back every time with the big old purse says he's retiring, Brock is like, "Well, fuck him. If I'm if he's gone, I'm gone." And so supposedly that's what happens. And he and he walks out. I made the joke. Maybe he went to go get a Jimmy John's. Yeah, just no one. <laughs> he's just like, "Hey, whoa, 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 whoa!" I. I He's got hungry. Like, yeah, exactly. I don't. Like, I don't have the hog I slaughter every day here. I gotta get something. Tim, he was hangry. Brock was hangry at four o'clock, and he just needed a snack. So he left. And he got. He, they. They said, "Okay, go take your time." But no, in, in reality, so he he leaves the venue. Um, lots happens between then. It, it's chaotic because not only do they talk about the fact that their boss is retiring, but also the fact that the the show needs to be rewritten because Brock is like. I, I'm not going to be here. And then people have to call Brock and be like, hey, man, cooler heads should prevail. And eventually Brock comes back because he's like, you literally only work 15 minutes a day. Please come he's, back. Like, he's a businessman. And also he's a businessman. Yeah. It could have very well have been a power play for Brock. Whatever it yeah. was, he comes back to work. And yes, it, he was factored in for much more than what he did on SmackDown. They're, like the show is supposed to, it was supposed to start that with him as far as I understood. Yeah. Um, there was more that was supposed to be done because he's in the main event at SummerSlam. And there was the whole story from Cultaholic about WWE being, putting Goldberg on standby. And I'm like, if ever a time where you equated Goldberg to Brock Lesnar, this is the time. But anyway, like that was literally in case of emergency. <laughs> that was their break glass. Yeah, exactly. Like Goldberg. So. They and then they put together SmackDown as well. And I made the joke even before the Brock walkout. I was like, Brock and Roman are going to see the Vince McMahon news and realize that SmackDown is completely useless to them because no one's going to be talking about SmackDown tonight. So now they're just throwing shit at the wall. Like, and originally I meant literally like in anger, throwing shit at the wall. And then people actually took that as like, like throwing spaghetti at the wall, see what sticks, like just throwing ideas. And I'm like, no, that's much better. That's probably what they're doing. (laughs) So inevitably, uh, inevitably Brock comes back. And by the end of the night on SmackDown, a bunch of dork ass internet fans are just like Meltzer and Alvarez and staff got worked again. Buddy, have you never worked a job where your manager pisses you off and you go for a walk and you're just like, I'm not going back. And then guess what? You come back because I don't, don't want to die because that's what employment means is, you know, you have to be able to feed yourself and stay housed. But exactly. Whatever. And like, you could be in breach of God. Like there's so many, he's got a compound and like 30 kids or whatever. He's got a, he's got a hog to slaughter every day. <laughs> there are consequences to actions of walking out and Brock yeah, yeah. knows this. And so he went for a walk and they called him and just like, all right, let's make it right. They made it right because they're professionals. And Brock came out and beat the shit out of Austin theory. Uh, so that's fine. Whatever. Professionally. <laughs> professionally beat the shit out of them uh but the the one that i'm more this is a more interesting story to me tim the max dupree story yeah curious so max dupree la knight sean wicker or ricker whatever you want to call him oh, no, uh, that last one it's just, that's his real name, that's so his real name. Yeah. eli drake yeah i, 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 I get we, he has a stage name yeah that's yeah a so anyway very normal person name so so max dupree supposedly out of his own stable replaced by maxine dupree who by the way wasn't Ginny, and i got a whole 
boatload yeah. of feelings about that. Sophia Cromwell from NXT is is Maxine Sophia Dupree. Cromwell. She was already in a thing. She needs more practice. She was in the rudderless thing, is what she, she was. She just in. delivered one line that was not even like there was supposed to be a comma, well, comma, and she couldn't. Even, anyway, whatever. Anyway, <laughs> so Max Dupree, uh, LA Knight, Eli Drake, yeah, is yeah. no longer in his own stable supposedly according to pw torch and i don't know sean that the, yeah that stuff seems on still fluid oh yeah. sean had something to say sean did expand on it and, and basically oh, yeah. said oh, like yeah. it's not it's not false um this the story was that people were getting sick of of max dupree la night i'm just gonna call him la next people know him as la night yeah, yeah, yeah uh at least right now they, they were sick of him going to creative and being like i don't like this can we change it basically Asking, having ideas having ideas and being a creative person was because he got is him very be. talented like oh my god and supposedly vince didn't like him or vince was getting frustrated with him whatever it was so they were going to pull him from from his own story boo fucking ridiculous you know what but this now opens the door for the return of la night because yeah. two things one one of the guys taking over creative is the guy that hired him back and that's triple h so there's an opportunity for la night the other thing is keep him as max dupree and just finally hear the guy out because maybe maybe there is a better opportunity for this max dupree maximum male model story to unfold with one of the wrestlers directly involved having a say in his story maybe I think it'd be fine. Like I, the the promo on Friday didn't shut the door on Max Dupree at all. Like no. they referenced him. Like she's like, my brother has great taste. Blah, blah, blah. Like she just kind of announced herself as being uh, what was it, director of talent relations or whatever. <laughs> yeah. So next next week they're going to be like, my brother was hit by a goat cart in Ecuador, and it's going to be and a that, whole. Now thing. if that happens, that shuts the door on Max Dupree. Yeah. But we'll wait and see. We still got a week. Max Dupree faked his own death, and now he comes back as LA Knight. Yeah. yeah I'd be fine with that. Because, yeah, again, like, yeah, I assume uh, LA, Knight, LA Knight was debuted before Triple H went down with his uh, his heart business, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So he might have had a hand in creating LA Knight. It would be nice to see him, you know, be like, this is the one little thing I want to do. I want to put this very talented, sure thing into a position of, you know, prominence on this show. That might be the one of the little, what can I get away with changes? I would love to see that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, let's talk about Edge. So Roz at MSG this week. Edge, the Judgment Day, and now the Mysterios are all involved. I have a feeling maybe they'll do Edge and Ray versus uh, Finn and Priest at SummerSlam, which I'm not against. That's fine. Yeah. Because I want to see, uh, or you can do a six man, but you have to add someone to Judgment Day, and I don't know who that would be. But you need Dominic basically in the match to turn on his dipshit father. Finally. Okay. Here's how you and do that. Day. You do Ray versus Finn in a ladder match for custody, for custody of, Dominic. of Dominic. Yeah, yeah. I've heard it it's before. SummerSlam. It's perfect. Just do it. <laughs> and isn't it? It's 20 years after the fact, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> I don't think it is. I don't, was that? I don't think I it was 2002. No, no I think um, it's, we're beyond that. Yeah. I think SummerSlam 2002 was Ray's first match in WWE. Like not his first, his first pay per view match yeah, in yeah. WWE. Um, anyway, uh, so Edge, Edge supposedly coming back this Monday at Madison Square Garden. Um, the promos are, are good. I quite enjoyed them. Um, I'm excited to see what they do with him. Supposedly rated our superstars on the uh, is is on the the table. So sure. How do you do that in the TV PG world? No PG 14 now, baby. Not yet, buddy. Not yet. A whole other okay. Thing. Well, we, we we bring back the rated R superstar. He he is somewhat respectful for a few weeks, and then the, we get it. The yeah. R actually he's the rated R for rated respectful, respectful. superstar. Yeah, yes, he that's comes out and he's just shaking hands left and right. <laughs> just loves this business, daddy. We love it so damn much. Yeah, like the chat saying like AJ Ray and Edge versus Finn Priest and Heel. Um. That's not a bad idea. I would actually we I would do pitched. the Mysterios. I think yeah. it's the Mysterios in oh, it. Oh, it is the Mysterios. Versus Finn right. Priest and a yeah. heel. Versus Finn Priest. I don't know. Um, Judgment but, Day needs more people. We've said that. Like, because so the, the, the theory thing. Hold on. I want to talk about the theory and Dolph thing. So I finally, I think I just cracked the code with the theory and Dolph thing. Okay. Because I, I have no idea what the hell is going on. Dolph held the money in the bank briefcase yeah. like 10 years ago. Actually, it yeah. was 10 years ago. It was 2012. And he cashed in and won the world championship. He wants to, it's going to start as he wants to teach Austin Theory how to be Money in the Bank champion and how to cash in and effectively use that briefcase to win a championship. 
and then it ends up with Dolph turning on Theory and being like, I taught you everything you know. Now I want my title shot. Or now I want the money in the bank briefcase. And then Theory beats Ziggler. And, and there we go. But the whole idea is going to be Dolph becoming a mentor to Austin Theory, which to me is hilarious. Um, it's it's a story. It's better than what we've seen in the recent past. So whatever. I'm not a huge yeah, fan of it, but it's something. Th- it's going to start with like, it, it, it's starting with like, you should know better. And it's going to be the week that Theory actually like, puts one over on Dolph, that Dolph's going to be like, now you have my attention. Now you have my respect. Yeah, yeah. Now the learning can begin. And it's going to be like, teach me master. Why and is theory involved in like eight storylines? <laughs> like that's what I have to ask. Like, that's, what, that's what they do with money in the bank. He loses oh, all of them. It. By the way, he has a U.S. championship match at SummerSlam. That I know it doesn't make sense. Nothing makes sense. Ridiculous. Oh, there. Oh, oh okay. Uh, let's, let's do Finn Priest and LA Knight. Yeah. <laughs> Versus Ray Edge and David Flair. It's not even, they even happening on the same show. <laughs> oh, ridiculous. I love it. And yeah. That's great. <sighs> Let's talk about AEW. Um, honestly, like I, I tried to pay, <coughs> excuse me. I tried to pay as much attention as I could to Dynamite. Uh, and yeah, Rampage some stuff week. happened. They had some good moments. Uh, Brody King ragdolling Darby Allen was tremendous. Loved it. Need Every more of that in my life. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Like Brody King came off as like an absolute monster during that. It was it was one of the oh man. Yeah, I'm excited about Brody King now. Wasn't feeling kind of any way about him before, but and at San Diego Comic Con, AEW was doing a panel. That's where. Brian Danielson announced that he's cleared and going to have a match with Garcia. Yeah. So Darby Allen was on that panel as well. And at the end of the panel, out comes House of Black and they beat the shit out of Darby Allen. <laughs> and I love it because then they all sit down after they've thrown Darby around. They sit down and uh, Malachi Black is just like, does anybody have any questions? And then they get up and leave. And it was good. So um, I, 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 I'm happy with that match. The, the, the Brody King versus Darby Allen match was fun. If it turns into a tag team with Sting or a six-man tag, and the Miro storyline, I think is going to be uh, an interesting one. Go yeah. ahead, you're making a face. Didn't really know what that was about, though. He came out with his two-tone sunglasses and just stood there, and it was unclear. Like, does, is he just a really big Sting fanboy? I, I don't know. I guess we'll find out. I think I, it'd I'm be really funny, but kind of for the wrong reasons. Like, I, I love how people are just like, it's the lore, it's the lore. Therefore. What know, lore? God. But, well, so this is the thing. They're going to be like, oh, he's wearing two-tone sunglasses because of the mist and because he's trying to fight the evil. And I was just like, no, nah, bro, he just he dropped one of the lenses on the in the toilet and he went to Walmart to get it replaced. I thought he just bought them from some crappy little bodega or something. Like, you think Miro's buying shitty sunglasses? No, from- he's one of those people who loves the douchey status symbols. So whatever. They're probably like Gucci. Have House of Black show up randomly to beat up Darby at a Taco Bell. <laughs> yeah, do it. Do it. So many great videos out of Taco Bell. Have you seen that Taco Bell commercial where it's like the guy and the girl sitting in the dugout and it's like a community baseball game? Yeah, and then she goes to like... (laughs) It's like they look like they're about to fall in love or at least have a very passionate night of lovemaking. And instead she's like, no, bro, I got to go to Taco Bell. I heard the call of the bell. (laughs) The call of the bell is basically just diarrhea for hours. Yeah, yeah. Very weird. <sighs> what else happened on this show? I know people have talked the show to death, and that's fine. Um, uh, Swerve and Keith Lee had their uh, the cakening. The cakening. They, I... they set up the Tony Nice thing. Uh, Kev- Kevin Gates. Uh, I do not know who this rapper is. Like I've never heard that name. I follow hip hop too. Like I've apparently no it's a whole thing with him. Apparently there's a whole story with him involving his cousin and da- it's it's weird. It's it's strange. Okay. No. Well, anyway, that was I refuse to believe this, Ryan. I refuse <laughs> to believe that you are friends with the Taco Bell girl. I, you know, it's a commercial ad. Like, <laughs> it's true. It's entirely possible. It's, not, I it's very gettable. Like, um, there, I, I, I missed the Christian Luchasaurus and Jungle Boy thing. Uh, so Christian and Luchasaurus beat the piss out of the Varsity Blondes, as one does. Uh, Jungle Boy came out dressed as a Jungle Man mm. with a chair. Uh, Christian suck his dinosaur on on Jungle Boy. There was a stare down for a while, and then uh, Luchasaurus just stepped to the side to stand beside Jungle Boy. It was all a ruse, and then Christian Cage ran away through the crowd. Wow, I'm gonna have to rewatch that segment. It wasn't that good. Oh, okay. Uh, Cole Carter's 
joined AEW at least in some way, shape, or form. That's interesting. The former they get uh, that. I don't. Was he was he big on the Indies? I don't well, know his was name. He's two times, right? Yeah, it was two times. So they brought him in for dark tapings during the pandemic, I think, and then he got signed by WWE. Had the whole look, and then uh, next thing you know, they they signed him to WWE, and then he left WWE, and now he's been signed to some sort of contract to AEW. Not a full time deal, but one of those appearance deals. <sighs> Yeah, welcome He's to fine. the, the abyss fine. that is the AEW roster. <laughs> like, he'll, be, he'll be all over I, the dark world. I just don't see. Yeah, I don't see this guy in the in the current formulation that they stood up on on Dynamite. He's not gotten through the noise. Like, um, Athena and Willow versus Jay Cargill, Kiara Hogan, with Jermaine Dupree there. Which, by the way, absolutely hilarious. Um, it was supposed to be a six woman tag. Yeah, and for some reason. Uh, Layla. Lay- Layla Gray and Chris Statlander were unavailable. Don't know what happened or if it was a last minute choice just to change it. Strange to me, but that's what they did. Um, what was even stranger was, so someone had, had tweeted Kate, because Kate and I go back and forth about the women's division in AW, And they said, oh, two women's matches for Dynamite. And I said, two? And someone replied, oh, they're going to do Thunderstorm versus I think it was Deeb and uh, and, oh no, um, Oh God, what's her face? Rebel and uh, what's her face? Uh, Britt Baker. Yeah. And I was like, they're not promoting that anywhere. It didn't happen. <laughs> didn't happen. Hasn't been. Uh, it was like it wasn't part of anything. So anyway, just uh, yeah. Britt and Jamie came on to do a a backstager with Thunderstorm. That's it. Either way, they did the this Athena tag match, and sure, it's fine. I'm personally, I'm just kind of getting bored of of the same. Thing over and over again they put i don't understand there because she was why, on the ring of honor show why is the women's champion now in a tag team like i don't care for that it, it's all right a lot of people saying it's because they're going to introduce AEW women's tag championships hurry guess the hell what? Up. they've done this before and it did not end with women's tag championships sure so i didn't. don't know what they're doing and i'm equally a little frustrated it yeah. should end with tony storm turning on thunder rosa and had going to a match it all out yeah, and winning at that point if this is where it's going, as far as Could I'm be. concerned. Like, Either way, uh, that was that was the women's division match. And then the main event, barbed wire everywhere. Barbed wire everywhere except on the shark cage that didn't include Sammy Guevara. Uh, the key may have well Ty, been barbed wire. Been... Yeah. It just wasn't fun. I'm sorry. I... I I, I'm, I, I, it was messy. Did not it was like just really messy. Yeah. I, yeah. And like Jericho, you know, to his credit, he keeps going, he'll do these brutal matches and he goes all in on them. But it was like, this was just chaos. And then the, like the, the finish, finish, like the end after Eddie loses and then just whiffs that shot and commentary, like says it, it was, it was rough. It just, it, it, the whole thing was kind of sloppy. Yeah. And, and it was overbooked, you know? Yeah. No yeah way too much. And why is Anna J now? Anyway. I, it's like, oh, not, you yeah. spoke some truth when you were kind of a bitch to me. Thanks, Tay. Like, yeah, thanks for letting me see the error of my ways, you bitch. It was yeah. very strange. I don't know why Anna J did the chain, did the swap. It was very strange. Um, the, again, Ty Conchi not being able to open the lock, so they slipped through the bars. I had a good old laugh over that. I know that everyone was did. Funny. Um, and then you know, what you had Mox and Claudio and Ortiz run down. And everyone goes in. It was just very strange. Did not enjoy it. And then the ending was weird. Because, again, everyone was expecting Sammy to show up once Ty showed up. Or once you realized Sammy wasn't in the stupid-ass shark cage. Yeah. It was just strange. He he showed up. It was just a mess. (laughs) Like It's like, okay. So we do this one more time, I assume, because they're now one and one. Um, Yeah. Like this, again, another one that was just like, I don't know that Jericho should have won that. It was weird. People talking about... uh, People talking about uh, what's her face? Um, sorry, I, uh, my brain just exploded for a minute. People talking about Jericho versus Mox for the world championship. Sure, again. Do you do it at all out or do you do it at Battle of the Belts, which is coming up sooner? It just feels so weird to be doing, like, to be revisiting a feud, like when there haven't been that many champions total. But we could do it. I don't need to see Jericho versus Mox again. I don't hate it because Jericho I don't either. Like, bad. it's not bad. Like, well, also Jericho hasn't challenged for the AW world championship since he dropped the title. Yeah. I'm yeah, fine. Fair. And I'm fine yeah. with that. You know? He's, he's um, not, yeah. Yeah. It's just, I, I said it all out last year. Was it all out or double or nothing? Whenever it was, I said, you should do Jericho versus hangman at the time because 
it makes perfect sense to have Jericho Hangman too, where Jericho's like, you've learned a lot, Hangman, but I want my title back. Or yeah. I beat you once, I can do it again when the, all the stakes are on the line. And then you put over Hangman because Hangman finally wins, you know, he he gets one over on Jericho and proves himself as a big champion. Yeah, two-time Not champion TV. solidifies him as like a top guy for the, yeah. Yeah, it solidified Hangman. It would have solidified Hangman as a top guy, but instead yeah. we did what we did. Uh, either way, I I just, I wasn't feeling AEW as much this week. I loved the Ring of Honor show for a lot of it, but um, Dynamite and Rampage just kind of didn't do it as much for me. Yeah, like I, I really, I, I enjoyed Dynamite through the first hour and a half and then the, yeah the the main event was just disappointing but overall it was it was fine like yeah. might go yeah. back and watch some of the stuff like i said i miss the uh i miss missing the kevin gate thing whatever i, I don't care that that segment was fun i enjoyed it like and I, that's I, the thing because a it's a, because it's a segment with something that happened i'll probably enjoy it yeah uh basically like that that probably that quarter two until five chunk I'm probably going to go back and watch because I may have missed a bunch of fun stuff. But anyway, maybe I'll do that right now because let's get out of here. We went a little (laughs) long because we started a little late. Uh, Tim, where can the people find you on the internet? They can find me at Tim Stone, P-E-T-I-M-B-S-E-O-N-E-P, Twitter, Instagram. Drop us a thumbs up here on the video, would you? Come and comment on it when you got a chance and subscribe to us here at Fightful Overbooked. I'm at Joel Pearl, J-O-E-L-P-E-A-R-L. We're everywhere dropping content all the time here on YouTube.com slash Fightful Overbooked. Ladies, gentlemen, friends beyond the binary. We'll see you next time.